Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. Last week, we heard from the U.S. Supreme Court on Indian jurisdiction, and we heard the coronavirus cases were rising in Oklahoma, and that unemployment assistance would be ending soon. Today, we learn more about each of those stories. It's Thursday, July 16th. Good Friday Eve to everyone. I'm Dave Morris with The Oklahoman. Thanks for tuning in today. It's another newsy day, but hey, it's 2020, so headlines are to be expected. The five tribes and state leaders have come to an agreement in the wake of last week's Supreme Court decision. The agreement is aimed at clarifying jurisdiction in criminal and civil cases. I spoke with The Oklahoman's Chris Castile about details of the arrangement. David, it is an agreement in principle between the five tribes, uh, you know, what used to be known as the five civilized tribes, which is the Cherokees, Chickasaws, Creeks, Choctaws, and Seminoles, and the state about how to, how to move forward after this really um, historic Supreme Court decision last week basically said the whole way you've been, the whole way the state has been um, treating criminal uh, cases involving Indians for the last hundred and some years 113 years almost, is wrong. State, according to the court, the state never should have been trying these people in state court, never should have been trying Indians for crimes committed on uh, Indian land, which, by the way, they said most of eastern Oklahoma was still Indian land. So it was a huge decision, huge implications, a lot to digest. And there was a lot of concern among the tribes and, and with the state about the confusion that might be created if the court ruled the way it did, which was to basically upend the criminal justice um, approach that that had been in practice since statehood in 1907. So even before this came down in the eventuality that it it might go the tribe's way, they began working on a framework for an agreement and they announced that agreement today. They announced that framework today. And it's interesting, it's really interesting in that um, basically it would, it would try to restore to the state a lot of what it lost in that decision last week. You would have, and it's going to be kind of confusing, I think, for, for everyone for a while, but you will have, if Congress passes this, if, if this goes to Congress and is approved by Congress, you would have what, what would be essentially concurrent jurisdiction over a crime. You mentioned the the murder the the child rapist um, who is at the center of this case, Jim C. McGirt. <clears throat> he, if this is approved by Congress, he actually could be tried by the state again. I mean, if a similar case arose, if Congress were to approve this agreement with a Jim C. McGirt type case, they, the state could try him, despite this kind of landmark uh, decision from the Supreme Court saying last week that the state never should have tried him in state court, that he should have been tried in federal court because of where his crimes. It's really confusing. I apologize. But, you know, so much having to do with Indian, Indian law jurisdiction and, you know, what, what law applies where, depending on where you're standing at the moment, you know, can be confusing. 
and it got even more so last week. And uh, now on the civil side, there was a lot of concern going um, into this case and then after it was decided about regulation, about taxation. Am I all of a sudden on your private property owner, say in Tulsa, um, a non-Indian, uh, you know, who, who's owned a house for 30 years? What's up? Is my house on a reservation now? Um, can the can the tribe start taxing me? Um, you know, their own sales tax, their own income tax, whatever. All of these questions arose in the wake of that decision. So they are also trying to, <clears throat> excuse me, I'm sorry, also trying to address the civil matters, the, the civil questions that arose out of that. And again, um, I think mainly trying to hew to the status quo before this decision was announced. You know, nothing, not disrupt anybody's property, property rights, not disrupt any oil and gas drilling, not disrupt any contracts that were ongoing to try to kind of just smooth this out and, and allay people's concerns that, that all of a sudden you're living in a, you're living on an Indian reservation that you didn't know you were living on um, until the Supreme Court told you. But again, you mentioned the framework. So what are you hearing that the state and the tribes are doing to kind of prevent an upheaval in civil and criminal matters? What the, yeah, what they're, what they're trying to do, respect each other's, um, the, respect what each other had before this decision came down and enhance it, maybe allow the state you know, to, to continue to operate the way it was operating in, 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 in many criminal uh, cases, but not to take anything away from the fact that the tribes now, their boundary, their, that, that this decision proved what they've always said, our boundaries remain intact. And where this has to go now is, is Congress. And again, it is really just kind of a framework for an agreement. It's not, it, you know, the, I was talking to one of the attorneys today, the Chickasaw attorney um, who helped negotiate this, and he said, this could be a mere, you know, six to eight pages of federal legislation. That's all we need. Um, it's not going to be, you know, some law book length uh, statute necessary, uh, but they do need to pass this agreement to, to kind of restore that status quo that was disrupted by the Supreme Court last week. Like right now, today, as we're speaking, if there were a murder committed um, in, that, in, the, in that reservation, those five reservations by an Indian, um, then the federal government would have to take it. Now that could change back to the way it always was um, if Congress approves this agreement. There, and there could be tension there's likely to be tension at times over how all of this plays out. But, you know, as the tribes can maintain and the, and the state to some extent, but the tribes and people like uh, former governors and uh, Congressman Tom Coles at Chickasaw in their brief to the Supreme court during this case, look at the history of the state and tribes cooperating on things on all kinds of uh, agreements, you know, water, water uh, settlements, gaming compacts, of course, it might not be a good example right now with gaming compacts, but in the past, all kinds of compacts, you know, having to do with taxation and, and water rights and all those kinds of things. They, they have worked together and have had a very, very uh, fruitful um, relationship.
The Oklahoma State Health Department reports there are 628 new cases of COVID-19 and six new deaths. In an effort to curb the spread, several cities such as Tulsa and Norman have issued a face-covering mandate, and Oklahoma City could soon join that list. City council members will vote on Friday afternoon whether to mandate face coverings. Ahead of the vote, city leaders held a special meeting to discuss the spike in cases today and to listen to recommendations from the Oklahoma City County Health Department and to discuss the possible mask mandate. When we're looking at the mask mandate, my main concern is if we're going to enforce or or uh, say folks have to wear a mask, what are we going to do about our most vulnerable who do not have access to a mask? That's That's my main concern for our, our population that are just doing the work they're, they're you know they're just trying to survive and um, they don't have access the first time whoever's enforcing whether it's an administrative officer or whether it's a police officer um, give the opportunity to give that person a mask and we have the I think we have the funds to do that with the cares act money uh, during this pandemic and so um, I think it's a great idea. I think Nikki raises a great point, and that is we're not here to find people. Uh, we're here to get them to wear the mask so they don't get other people sick. And so give them an opportunity to take a mask, and, and, and the process ends at that point. In addition to face coverings, health officials also recommended limiting indoor public gatherings to 25 people or less, asking vulnerable populations to shelter at home for four weeks, and the temporary closings of bars and indoor dining spaces again. I mean, talk about the utility of closing things when we only represent, you know, half of those businesses in the metro, and there are so many interior suburbs that would not uh, be affected by our actions. You add restaurants and bars together collectively, you know, right there, you're looking at 30 something out of this entire pie chart. And so uh, it's, as you know, extremely complicated if you pick a group such as faith-based activities. So ours came from literally trying to find a place where people were gathered indoors. They were largely unmasked. And so that's why we believe that that's happening in those settings. In support of its ordinance, the city of Norman will be distributing 100,000 masks to residents and businesses. The masks were purchased with the help of an anonymous donation. They can be picked up at four Norman fire stations between 10 a.m. and 4 p.m. For more information about the ordinance and where you can pick up a mask, visit coronavirus.norman-ok.gov. Target, CBS, Walgreens, and Kroger have joined the list of major retailers requiring customers to cover their face before entering their stores. Just yesterday, Walmart announced it will require shoppers to wear a mask beginning on Monday, July 20th. Starbucks, Apple, and Costco made similar announcements last month. More than 120,000 Oklahomans continued to receive unemployment assistance during the first week of July. The Oklahoma Jack Money examined data from the U.S. Department of Labor, which reported there were 8,500 fewer claims in the first week of July than the previous week. CARES Act funding, which provides claimants with an additional $600 a week, will end on July 25th. So unless Congress intervenes, the last check containing the extra funds will be handed out the following week. Life-sized dinosaurs will be stomping into the metro this weekend as Jurassic Quest brings its drive through exhibit to Oklahoma City. The traveling animatronic dino attraction had to cancel its traditional walkthrough events due to the pandemic. 
company regrouped and opened the first drive-through experience in San Antonio with great success. So you and your young paleontologists can enjoy great gazing at the giant reptile robots at the State Fairgrounds beginning Friday, July 17th, and that exhibit continues through July 26th. For more information, visit JurassicQuest.com. All right. Yabba dabba do, everyone. It's quitting time for this podcast. For producer Paige Dillard, who likely took great delight in writing that dino tease. I'm Dave Morris with the Oklahoman saying, stay safe and wash your hands. Mm-hmm.